Now there's the movie we need to see. Bedpans Labyrinth. That's right. <laughs> Bedpans Labyrinth. I got shit on me. <laughs> Just I want to see I want to see that creature in a nurse's outfit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, time for my proctology. <laughs> I have to check your asshole. <laughs> I can see and feel you. Pick a finger. <laughs> Pull the finger. Right. Who's the storing inside? I like Harry Dick better. This is Dr. Impostic Tartar. This is Professor... What is time, anyway? Feather? Oh, this is the Midnight Gadfly. <laughs> Just in time. Jerry. Just in time. <laughs> Doctor. I ain't got time to bleed. Ed. And this is Bong. Check your Fez in case it too has a weird creature that extends your life. Fez. Whatever. Just go. And you are watching, listening to, feeling. Happy Metal Experience. <laughs> Absorbing. On say radio, Jerry. On say radio, you see? <laughs> Want to listen to it? Want to experience it and feel it and touch it? All of it, like cake dancing. I'm rolling in it. <laughs> Is this the place where I I get the unsafe radio for for two dollars? Only if you get the sprinkles. <laughs> Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Such witty repartee. I hate to interrupt it. Just to talk about a kind of a I good movie. Such twitty repartee might have been. Be better. Retort. We're going to go back in time and visit a movie that was... Yeah, Elmo Del Toro's directorial writing debut. And it's a good one. I this is, this, <laughs> this is a terrific, terrific movie. Um, I don't know what made in 1993. And it stars uh, Claudio Brook, who was a very famous actor. And uh, what's that other guy's name? Hellboy something. Uh, what's it? Uh... Get in the beast. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Ron Perlman. Oh, and um, this is a and this is an absolutely wonderful movie. 
Um, I, I, the first time I saw it, I was pretty well blown away and you know, didn't know who this guy was, but never, didn't even think about him until later, you know, when he started really cropping up and making consistently good movies. But anyway, this movie is called Kronos, and it was made in 1993. Oh, what's my doctor head? I ain't got time to bleed again. Punchline blue fez. Ah, the beetle made me do it. Punchline gadfly. Ron Perlman didn't kill shit but that fucking car. Go on, Professor Fetter. Dr. Tar, missing testic tartar says nothing. <laughs> Oh, this is a wonderful movie. Uh, you know, all kidding aside, um, uh, what a what a debut. Um, the story is kind of an odd story. It's about this um, um, grandfather who is a uh, an antiques collector or antiques dealer has a has a little shop, and he has a granddaughter. And uh, therein lies the, the real story. Of this movie is the relationship between the grandfather and the granddaughter. And we can get into that later. Um, just an absolutely brilliant movie. The 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 story is about he, he he's this uh, guy who owns this uh, antique store, and he gets in um, a statue of an archangel. And uh, these are kind of um, prevalent. There's there's a, a bunch of them around, but he's looking at it, and as he's looking at it. Um, he discovers, okay, <laughs> let me back up. The actual movie starts with a prologue of this, in 1536, I believe, this alchemist. And he was also a, a, a watchmaker, which was his front, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and he makes this device. And this is, to see this little device, it's like a little uh, a bug Shaped. Yeah, like a scarab. Yeah, scarab. And uh, clockwork. It, this is, you know, this is like, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, this is steampunk. You know, the, the look of it, the whole feel of that whole thing is like a steampunk kind of kind of vibe to it, you know. But uh, it enables immortality, essentially. Um, ah, but at a price. But we'll get into that later. Um, so this guy creates this. He becomes immortal to a degree <laughs> you there, there's you know there are there are limits uh, things you cannot go through and he dies and somehow this gets put into the the i uh, forget now how you get put into this statue and so the statue this particular one statue of many that were made ends up in this uh pawn shop or no i'm sorry not a pawn shop in, in this antique store and he in the course of messing with it he f- discovers this device inside it and uh the device latches onto him at, at one point and they, and so this story <laughs> really starts taking off um oh which brings in ron perlman and his boss uh, what was his what was the guy's name the the boss oh it's like his uncle <laughs> yeah his uncle his, uh, yeah Dieter. uncle dita <laughs> <laughs> was that what it was <laughs> Uncle Detour. Uh, so, but then Ron Perlman is, is essentially a uh, kind of a uh, hitman. 
um, heavy. He's a heavy. He's definitely a heavy in it. Um, and his uncle runs is looking for this device. And he gets wind that uh, this statue was delivered there, so he makes he pays a visit. Uh, but the the story is is fairly complex, um, it, you know. And it's an intricate storyline, as as Del Toro is you know we've found out is you know loves to do. And uh, the cinematography is terrific. Um, the only other thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to pass it on, is uh, Claudio Brook. Um, I have a personal tie to Claudio because he starred in, I think, the third episode that Tar and Feather ever brought out, which was uh, Dr. Tar's Tortured Dungeon, or uh, also called House of Madness, I believe. But he was the star in that movie. Um, so I was, you know, when I saw this, I was I was very thrilled to see him in, in another movie and, and doing an extremely good job of it. Um, and the only I'll, I'm, I'm going to pass it on because I could say a, a lot more. Um, Midnight Gadfly, what what's your take? All right, so I thought I had seen this movie before, and I haven't. Uh, and this was like the first time I had actually watched the movie. Um, and I think my take is that I love the story between the grandfather and the granddaughter. Uh, the fact that she never says a word throughout the whole story. Um, I love the fact that uh, their environment is not the kind of whitewashed uh, Brady Bunch environment that we have here in America. You know, it's this kind of thing where you go, oh, my God, that's all so dangerous. What is she doing on the roof? What is she doing with paper on the windows in her little playroom and all that kind of stuff? Um, And then I was, like, totally surprised by the fact that, you know, I think the scarab idea uh, that Dr. Head mentioned is is totally true because it's it's an insect that's inside of that device um, and it filters the blood, but there's a price. Um, so this is ultimately just like a new age or not new age, but a, a kind of new type of vampire movie, um, uh, which, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, is, uh, it's just very well done. It's there's, there's such a great sentiment that, that bookend or not bookends, but that, uh, uh, is contrapuntal to the gore, and the the just disturbing stuff that goes on when he starts licking up the blood off of the bathroom and you know from the guy's bloody nose and and the stuff that goes on it in 1993 where the guy goes oh this disgusting blood and he he shoves it into the sink and he's like you're like going what the fuck is he doing he doesn't even wash his hands afterwards he's got somebody else's blood on his hands and it's still in the (laughs) sink and he grabs his drink and he's like oh i'm going back to the party you know um, I think a, a lot of that stuff is great. And I think, yeah, I, I think the beauty of this is the nuance. I mean, this is Guillermo del Toro's thing is the nuance and the the kind of reinventing uh, of things without it being just the need to reinvent things. He has just this kind of view on things uh, that's awesome. The I think his... The thing I like the most, again, was the the grandfather's relationship with the daughter and how they didn't go too heavily into what happened to his son, you know. And my favorite part was the little story where he says, I understand why you're hiding this from me. My son grabbed my cigarettes because somebody had died of, you know, lung cancer and he had, and I saw the bits of tobacco around the toilet and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think this is storytelling. I mean, this is really awesome storytelling. 
I could ramble on, but I, I was blown away by this movie. I loved it. I watched this movie early in the morning uh, yesterday, and it literally just said, I just want to watch movies all day today because, <laughs> you know, this is what movies are about. And I that's all I did. I just, from morning until about 2 o'clock in the morning, I just watched a bunch of fucking movies um, because this is what storytelling in movies are about. Out. Oh, Blue Fez. Wow, it's hard to follow that one. <laughs> yeah, no, this is... um. So I saw Kronos, I believe I saw it on video, uh, a few years after it came come out. Um, and it, it's one of those movies where you see it and you immediately like, this is somebody I need to pay attention to. Um, we're gonna... We're, I'm, I'm thinking, ah, I hope we see a lot of great stuff from Del Toro, which we did, because um, I am a huge... Hellboy fan and when he I'm and I'm a fan of both one and two I know some people didn't like two I I love two because we get you know we get to see Doug Jones doing doing his thing and that was nice you know to give but um the you 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 so going back and re-watching it is really nice because you can start to see all of the the, the little flourishes that Del Toro puts in his movies. You could see them being, the seeds being planted here. Uh, the, the, the scarab, the, the, you know, the, the devices. He's got his little steampunk stuff that he works in. Even down to the, the uh, design of certain things. The marble skin, the texture on the skin, the lines, the detail on the scarab. These are all things that you you, you start watching Del Toro's stuff. You see it again and again. Pan's Labyrinth, uh, um... And um, uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, The Devil's Backbone, just, you know, some of the yes. stuff you see in that one. I, yes. That one for me, to get, sorry to get off topic here, this the way that he portrayed that ghost with the blood just like clouding off of it. I, I mean, saw this, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe nobody's done this before. That's just yeah. brilliant. It was, it was just, it was beautiful to watch. But, but in this, um, the way that he kind of adds his own little, Again, it's like his own little flourishes to sort of a vampire tale is is just wonderful. But there's also this kind of nice little <laughs> subversive quality of the film. And it's great when you have, you know, you see this and Ron Perlman is just in it. And you're just kind of like he's he's almost this fish out of water. You know, you've, you've got this, you know, these some of the you've seen famous Mexican actors and then Ron Perlman who I, I did a little back reading on there, found out that I guess his Spanish was so bad that Del Toro was like, you know what? Stop. Don't even try. We're going to just assume that you're a relative, you know, an expatriate that's, you know, that you lived, you grew up in America, you came over here, and now you, you just kind of have to deal with being in another country, which I, I loved. And, and just, he's almost kind of more fun to watch because he just doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to be part of this. He just, he's like, you know, all oh, the little buzzer goes off and he's like, God damn it. What does that old fuck want now? You know, he has to go up and tend to this guy. Well, and that, that and brings, it, up, brings up, you know, the whole. It's all mine. It's all mine. Yeah. And you, you go in his apartment <laughs> and there's all of the, 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 uh, the archangel statues in plastic. Yes. And he's just thinking, yes. well, I did it. I got you the statue. <laughs> he gets wrapped in the nose for it. You know, it breaks up. Yeah. And again, the whole, the whole thing with the plastic surgery was just wonderful. Just yeah. asking surgeons, what do you think of this nose? Does this, does this look like me? And you're like this little, little details. Like oh, that. there's a nod there to Cronenberg. Uh, I think yeah uh, in which, the one scene yes yes which which is just great and it you know you're 
you, and you you see, you know, you get the setup, you get the device, and you're not quite sure where this is going. And then when it, then you when you understand, it's just like, it's it's just wonderful. What and it's for me, it's a movie that I wish would go on a little bit longer because I kind of wanted more <laughs> from the story because I was kind of getting into the 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 whole. Um, the like the backstory, like the alchemist. I wanted to know more of the alchemist. It's it's almost like God. I wish Mike Mignola had done a comic book series on the uh, <laughs> on the alchemist, yeah. so I get some more backstory on this because I, I was just kind of all in on the story. But yeah, no, Cronus is a great movie. If you're not, if you don't know anything about Del Toro and you want to jump in, this is the movie you should start with because this this is where you start to see the you know the foundation of his craft, and then just kind of builds up on that. And yeah. You won't be disappointed. Awesome film. Very cool. Dr. Head. Dr. Head. Dr. Head. Aging Dr. Head. Dr. <laughs> Head. Uh, for duty and humanity. Uh, I remember seeing this movie, you know, back in the day when it came out on VHS. And I might have seen it with you. Uh, Professor Feather, or it's or someone, it's probably, you know, either back in the store yes. or at your house. Um, and I remember the early '90s kind of being a time of, because probably in part because of VHS, but a time of great experimentation in film. Like we're taking these stayed, tried forms, and now we're going to do something a little more artistic with them to kind of make them feel fresh. And I remember a lot of movies that were coming out in the 90s that kind of had that feel that were just a little off, a little weird, a little bizarre. You know, movies like Boxing Helena, you know, mm -hmm. things like that were just like, oh, OK, crash, you know. Um, but this this movie has that beautiful vampire story and that that's encapsulated, as everyone said, between the relationship and the grandfather and his granddaughter. And I love the scene where where he shows up at the guy who wants this Kronos device and they're in this fight and he's getting ready to stab him in the heart and then the grandmother or the granddaughter just whacks him with the cane, you know. Yeah. Just yes. knocks him out. And and she's so nonplussed, even like when he shows up from the dead, you know, at her house. It's all raining, he's got this blanket. She just shows up with this little pillow and blanket, like has prepares a place for him. Is this for me? And she's holding this pillow and rubbing it, yes. You know, and just like the sweetest, sweetest relationship. And puts him in the cask the the cask. It wasn't really a yeah. cask. Like with, a, like her, a old with a doll. With the dog, yeah, you know? yeah, like this is keeping company. It, yeah, because the light burns him, right? You know, and so she tucks him away. She's kind of taking care of him, you know. And it's a very sweet relationship, you know, and not at all what you're what you're thinking because you you're not sure what's going to happen. This is like a even though you see the vampiric coming because it's so different. We don't know much about this device yet. We don't know what the ramifications are going to be because the guy ate the pages from the book. You know, he deciphered the book. Yes. He figured out what's going on. <laughs> and so we don't know the rules and he's not telling what the rules are because he wants that damn Kronos device. So right. as a viewer, you're like, okay, anything is game. And you're thinking you're going down a path of possibilities. Like, yeah, this, this vampire now could go after his granddaughter. And there was a scene we got close, I think, where he was tempted, but then well, and she realized. speaks. Yes, she finally says the she word. She says, "Grandfather." Yes, and that was enough. Like, oh, all right, I gotta get my place. That's right. 
here we are, you know, and it all is right with the world. Um, but I, I agree with you, Fez. This is a, uh, you see the elements of what will happen down the road. And, and that's what makes this film when you're watching it after the fact, after seeing so many great films that he has done, you see that this vision that he's had has been pretty consistent. Like it started from the beginning. It, it evolved only, I think, as his reputation grew and as his finances were able to, to encapsulate as he was given more money. He and his could do, notoriety, yes. Yeah, and he could do the Pan's Labyrinth. He could do these other things that were just ridiculous and like mesmerizing and still so transcendent to where you want to really call this movie a film, not just a movie. You know, it's no ice planet. I'm going to tell you that. But, you know, know, there's not much more I can say that you guys haven't already said. It's beautiful and it's tender. And there's a lot of kind of, there's some, this under undercurrent of comedy at times, mostly with Ron Perlman, the physical comedy and like, ah, fuck, what's he want now? And I get that angst, that, that, you know, frustration and anger, you know, and those little, little tiny moments that this movie is made of. And I love the shots of inside the device, the the Kronos device, where you see this insect kind of filtering, you see the blood, you see the, the clockwork going the the steampunky yes. stuff and i just i love that because now you and it's not all at once you kind of have to wait till you see this this now this is how i this is how it's working and my thinking like how long is this this creature gonna last and it's like oh well, th- there's a whole other story that we're not getting that i would so love to know right. but you're just which is not there. yeah yeah which isn't the, the that's the not the point main premise of this movie exactly no but I, but it's it's to it's to you're right to its credit Mm-hmm. Just like you have both now said, you know, this is a, a story and a whole you know, aspect that you would like to see more of, you know, yeah. uh, that to and to to uh, Del, Tor- Del Toro, what I was going to. And here's here's the bottom line. I think Del Toro is a creative person that has decided to appeal to and to consider his audience intelligent. There's the bottom line to why he, I think he works. Uh, and, and as you said, Dr. Head, it becomes, you know, film, you know, as opposed to a movie. <laughs> um, it's really, really just, just a wonderful. And it's, I, I love the juxtaposition of understatement betw- between the uh, Aurora and Jesus, the grandfather and the granddaughter, and that juxtaposition of that un- understated relationship um, to Ron Perlman, who is, you know, the, you know, just, you know, the guy who, who is just nothing but a greedy guy waiting for, you know, his, his, uh, what is he? Uncle, his uncle yeah, to die, you yeah. know? Uh, and he's, and he plays it very well. I think, I think Ron Perlman does a great job <laughs> and, you know, I, it's, you know, there again, who, who, yeah, Del Toro is just just brilliant, and I, there's not much more. I really like the little girl. I yes. liked her yeah. acting, and there right. isn't a whole lot out there about her. I don't think she went on to do anything too much else. Um, but you know, I thought she was great. But that relationship is just, you know, is just absolutely wonderful, and it is a vampire movie of a different kind, which totally. It brings me into the fold because anytime you can take a genre and turn it on its head, I'm all for that. Well, it, uh, and his his, na- his name is 
Jesus or Jesus, and he keeps yes. coming Reef. back to life. Grits. You know what I mean? Like, Grits. Jesus Grith. You know, that's <laughs> a, it's a, a brilliant. And so, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Now, it's, it's so there you go. I, you know, I think, I think four glowing refuses. You know, that's getting pretty saccharine. Jesus. <laughs> but you have to see it. If you've not seen it, you have to see it. It is a must see yeah. movie. And you want to see it again because and you're definitely time, you're absorbing yes. it. Because yes. this is a movie that becomes better on your second and third viewings yes. because you can then pay attention to the art of the craft of making a movie or film. You, you could see more of that, you know, and it's not like every flame, you know, frame is resplendent with beauty. No, but there are artistic touches and there are, are whole, there are scenes and there, there's a way of this film looks and makes you look at, at the image that is just more than someone who is okay. These two actors, okay, great, let's shoot. You know, there, there's a lot of thought and went into this, and I think it's because of of the of the director and and as we've known what he's done since. Uh, yeah, you definitely see that from the get go here. Yeah, yeah. I, I will have to say I love I, I the scene that I paid attention to the most this time because I, I kind of had mental notes I was pulling up when Jesus is it the is in the in the. Uh, the mortuary where they're working on him and just the little world that that guy had the technician who's working yes. on him and the yeah. mortician is like this is some of your finest work and this guy the room is it's just it's grubby it's dirty this guy's wearing like a wife beater <laughs> big mutton chopped sideburns and it's you know and he's got the the music playing and he's and he's working through this, and the guy's like, Whoa. "It's like you know, sometimes you're doing this, you know, and, and we're we're gonna be cremating him." And the guy's just like, "What? I just spent all this time, and you're gonna create him? How dare you?" You know, he's like incensed, and I'm like, "I love this guy. This guy's awesome." And he's like, "Fine, whatever." And then he just slaps some makeup. <laughs> he looks like a hooker. <laughs> that, the... that forehead prosthetic on him, <laughs> like a big fried egg. And he's got the bad you know? makeup and the red lips. He goes, "Hey, let me." And he's like talking to the body. Let me, let me wipe this off before you know. We don't want you going to heaven looking like you're a whore or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I just, just that whole, that whole like oh, little universe yeah. in there. The more the mortician was just great. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, a, I think that's great because it's a, a metaphor for what Guillermo del Toro is. He's a consummate artist. Like I think he's just like a creative machine. If you've ever seen him, he has his sketchbooks where he draws out everything that he's going to be making in his mm -hmm. films or, or whatever he's, his ideas are. And I can't wait till those come out in print because I'll be fucking buying those immediately. Um, because yeah. it's it's just amazing to listen to him talk about that kind of stuff. He, li he literally lives and breathes this kind of creative environment that he creates uh, with these movies. And this being his first movie, holy shit. Like, this is like, yeah. this is like a masterwork already at the beginning, you know, of a career. And he gets better. Well, with the exception of, uh, what's that bug one uh, under New York City? What's the movie he does that has the bugs? Oh, um, Mimic? Mimic. Oh. I hate bugs. Yeah, that was I hate a bugs. Yeah, I hate bugs. Uh -huh. 
there's um there you go there what go ahead, go ahead. i was gonna say there's a uh speaking to gadfly here there's a book out there it's called uh guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities my notebooks collection and other obsessions what? If, if you haven't seen it yeah i i ended up getting it for um one of one of my kids who is a huge del toro fan oh yeah um i don't think it has all of his stuff it's just kind of like a smattering of some of his sketchbooks but also his house yeah, stuff that he keeps around there. It, oh, it, it, you just read this and you're like, oh my god, I, I want, I want in on this, this guy's life. And I, I would also like to throw in, I'm, he was gonna direct a Frankenstein movie. Del Toro was gonna do Frankenstein, and now it's not gonna happen, and I'm sad. I want that to happen. We need to kickstart this. We need to tell him, look, we don't care. We, we we will give you money to do this movie, and then we will give you more money when we go to see it in the theater. I don't care. I I will do this. I will support. It. I want to see his take on Frankenstein. I I, I just, yeah, yeah. It, it would probably be the most beautiful thing ever. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he did the. Well, cre- there you have it. Yeah, he did the creature from the <laughs> Black ahead. Lagoon. So yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like the... any last words? Yeah, uh, I, let's talk about Jeez. Guillermo del Toro. I mean, what uh, did you guys like? Shape of Water. Yes, I liked it. Did I think it was best picture of the year? Mm, no, no about that. But I liked it. it it's not a hundred percent. There's a little. Yeah, it's it's kind of. I remember seeing it, thinking, "Okay, let's go in," and I was kind of like, "Well, pretty good." I don't know. It didn't. There were some. I'd have to go back and watch it again. There were some things that I, I don't think that quite. I don't know, gelled with me, but I was having a hard time. Well, I, I know one of the things that I had a hard time getting past. Where I'm like, "Oh, look, it's the Abe Sapien movie." And I was like, "Well." <laughs> we've, we've kind of seen it was like it was hard to because they looked very similar and again they took the makeup level to another they bumped that up i was like oh my god this is beautiful to watch and doug jones is great as always um but yeah i mean it, it, it was good there was a very nice but again yeah i don't want to i don't want to hog all this all but pass it on anybody else but the you know yeah, I agree with I agree with Fez for most part. It, I uh, I watched it late in the game and after after it had won, and so I was expecting this magnum opus, and I probably would have liked it a lot more when it first came out. I mean, it, immediately you see that it's the creature, that story. Uh, it is also the Frankenstein story. Uh, it is the ET. It is all these kinds of these plot kind of brought together. And while it is beautiful to look at, again, with this the, the subterranean places, the color green is pervasive, and it feels organic and wet, and you could almost smell it. Um, I, I just, it, it wasn't overly compelling. It was a little simple in that regard, like a trope. Oh, I've seen this. Here's the bad guys who want to get the monster and research. Here's the love story between the monster. I, I've seen those things before. So I wasn't crazy impressed with it. Although it's it's pretty, um, but I probably it'd be a long time before I see it again. I didn't like hate it, but I guess it wasn't the movie I was hoping to right. see. Like picture of the year, like oh my god, it's gonna move me, and and it uh, just it just did not. 
Yeah, I agree. The use of color was great, especially with um, Michael was Michael Shannon. He's playing the 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 that guy that he's like just like right on the edge there. But mm-hmm. you know, when you go into his home and it's that mid-century modern fifties, sixties design, and there's yellow and it's everywhere, and you're just like, oh, you know, that's great. I, I will say, I did love the dance number at the end. That was seeing the creature in the black lagoon and what didn't he have a top hat on and stuff like that <laughs> i did kind of like all right i appreciated that no, that was but yeah uh, feather what did you think about that movie shape of water it was pretty <laughs> it was a pretty movie i enjoyed it immensely because it was pretty i really liked it because for one reason it was pretty yeah. I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't. I wasn't like blown away with it. Yeah, me as either. Far as, I, I really, I really did think it's it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, there again, I'm not going to second guess the brilliant Del Toro. <laughs> he has something in you know something there that I'm probably missing. You know, because um, the guy is definitely on a, a level. He's he's on the Kubrick level. You know, he's he's on the Kubrick scale, man. He's right up there. So you know. Uh, I, I like the movie. I kind of liked it. Uh, and there again, uh, Dr. Hid, every fucking movie has the same plots anymore. Every movie has the same plots anymore. It's almost, it, it, you know, it's it's almost impossible. Because, you know, there are only a hundred and, what, 101 or something like that actual plots. So, you know, you, you've, I'm serious. This yeah. is a study. No, it's 40. And, and yeah. 40 I'm not arguing that. Yeah, it just. What? It, it, 42. Yeah, I, 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 but. Four. 42. 42. 42 um, plots is all there is. This one was a little, okay. bit, a little bit of 3, a little bit 40, of 17, a little bit of, a little bit of 41. But, yeah, I I, I, I think his other films, some of those other films have been stronger and more imaginative. So, you know, I yes. think some of those are just completely blown us away, like Pan's Labyrinth and those kinds of movies, where you just like don't expect anything that what you're seeing. It's like, oh, okay. It becomes art, you know, the art house kind of stuff without being pretentious. That's the thing. Right, it's accessible. Right. All of his movies are accessible. Right. But yes, it is a beautiful film to look at. It is a purposeful, intended look of lighting and color and look. And for and that makeup, alone, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, it, yes. and the creature design. I mean, for yes. that alone, it's worth watching. Yes. Even you could put aside the story if you just want to look at the pretty picture. That's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're still going to come away with thinking, okay, that's better than most. So, <laughs> yeah. so I want to know what is everybody's favorite Del Toro movie. Like, what's the movie you can watch again and again, and you just love it? Go ahead. Go ahead, Fez. Fez. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw in Hellboy. Uh, it, it was, it was a, it was the marriage made in heaven. <laughs> one of one of my one of my favorite directors, because like you guys are talking about artistically, where the company with. One of my favorite comic artists of just of all time, Mike Mignola. These two coming together, it was like, how does this get better? I, I can't see it getting any better than this. And and then you, of course, you bring in Ron Perlman, who's like, is Hellboy? Well, <laughs> which goes right back to where where does where did where, yeah. where did we just see Ron Perlman? Yeah, yeah exactly. And mm-hmm. all okay, all of the actors in Hellboy One, the first Hellboy are phenomenal. Like the choice of yeah. everybody in that film, you know, uh, and the comedy. John Hurt. The, yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I, it's, and I, and, and I have a, 
love affair slash minor obsession with John Hurt. <laughs> he, he, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. He did an, he did an album with the Art of Noise. Yes. Um, the seduction, the seduction of Claude Debussy, and I, I could listen to that album until the end of time. I love hearing his voice, and so when they cast him as Professor Broom in this, and he just talks, I'm just like. I've actually, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit it. I got tingles just thinking about him, just <laughs> talking about. It's like the guy's like, he's like, well, the 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 occult wars ended in 1955 with the death of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> 45. Adolf Hitler died in 45. Did he now? I just love that. You know, it's just all of that. You're, you're right. It's it's brilliantly cast. So, you know, you got Selma Blair in there. You've got, and then of course Doug Jones again doing the body work for Abe Sapien, but you got David Hyde Pierce doing the voice, which I, I'm, I'm, yep. it's, it's like, oh, it was so perfect. And I, and I later found out that Pierce walked away from the role, the voice role in the second movie, because he wanted to give Doug Jones more exposure, which I'm like, good on him. And you could tell Doug Jones is doing a good job. He's kind of like, I don't want to say he's mimicking him, but he's giving him the same inflection uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that Pierce did. But those, those two movies, you, you get the setup in the first one, but then, the, the Golden Army is kind of like Del Toro's Batman Returns. He, he got more of his artistic fingers into that production, like the the Plant God and and Klaus. Just the Golden Army. Klaus, who plays? <laughs> who does Klaus's voice? Oh, I forget. I'm sorry. It's Seth. Isn't it Seth MacFarlane? It's Seth MacFarlane. Yes, yes, it is. Which which is great. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's just those those two for me. I mean, yeah, and it's it's not an original work by Del Toro, but you know, and I'm and I'm not knocking the 2019 Hellboy movie because you know, not perfect. There were one. things about that I like. I like I love David Harbor, and there was stuff about that I liked. You just it it's almost hard to separate Del Toro from the from the Hellboy things now, and that's why I was really gung ho for a third movie because I really wanted to see the end of that kind of trilogy and we never got it but those so that I'll, I'll stop gushing over that those are those are my favorite delta Toro movies Watch head dr head who's your favorite crimson peak uh mm. talk about a beautiful looking movie and yes. this gothic horror um i was so blown away by this movie and uh tom hiddleston jessica chastain um in this victorian era and this ghost story kind of thing. And it's it's lovely. You know, it's a beautiful looking film. And it's got some genuinely creepy moments. It's a slow build, you know. But I also want to give some props to his TV show, The Strain. Mm. Uh, mm. Which oh, yes. I thought was really, really a good series. And uh, if you've never seen it, again, another another take. And Feather, have you seen The Strain? No, I haven't. It's another take on the classic vampire story. Yeah. I think if you like the twists of vampire, you've got this vampire virus. I mean, that's brought in by Matheson. I mean, I, I think everything since Matheson has been a virus. He says, who, 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 what is it based on? Who's he the... wrote some novels, uh, The Strain. Oh. He wrote a novel. And then The oh, Fall. Oh, okay. okay. The Night Eternal, I believe, was his, was his, the tr- in the trilogy of that of that novel series. And then 20, you know, 20th Century Fox did the three-year series, The Strain. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I never did see it. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was really effective. The not, the vampires are creepy. The the characters are really complex, 
and well worth watching. I think you can watch it on Hulu or something like that. There's a couple places you can find it streaming, but it's totally worth it. But yeah, Crimson Crimson Peak, I think. Um, I wasn't as big of a fan of Hellboy, the movies, although I want to go back and watch them. I liked Hellboy 2. I thought that was a better film than the first one, but I want to go back and watch them because I, I always thought the comics were kind of fun and just, you know, but uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm intrigued what he's going to do with Pinocchio. You know, I'm like, well, we'll see, you know, but um, yeah, Crimson Peak for me, man. That's Feather, Feather, oh, what, yeah. what's your Guillermo del Toro? Pinnacle, probably, probably the Devil's Backbone. Oh. Uh, I I I like it a lot, and it's 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 kind of a different Del Toro, I think. Um, I don't. It's kind of hard to describe uh, what 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 that difference is. Uh, just something about the look and just the the way that the way it's paced. I, I don't. There's and and I like that because it's it's not typical of his, and the story's pretty good. You know, um, that's my favorite right there. Yeah, and I uh, I, I agree with uh, Fez. Uh, Hellboy is, it's got me captured, like, both one and two. And I love the fact that it's not Mignola's Hellboy. It's Mignola and no, Guillermo del Yeah, it's Guillermo yeah. del Toro's and uh, Mignola's Hellboy, that combination. Uh, and that's why the new one is more Mignola. Like, there's not much of the director or any of that stuff. It's really... Uh, being true to to what Mignola had written and, and created. Uh, and David Harbour, uh, I think, embodies it every bit as much as Ron Perlman does, um, but in completely different ways. You know, um, yeah. I think there's much, I think they really play the irreverence in the, the David Harbour one. Uh, you know, he's, he's a hedonist and just like a fatalist and all that kind of stuff. Um, who's still the hero he's still the hero yeah um but you know those two uh but i also i really like pan's labyrinth um i saw that in the theater very late at night it was like a 12 45 showing and i'm not a late night person i was half in the bag and just watching this movie and going what the fuck and when that dude does the thing with the hands that have the eyes and he goes i'm like fucking cool I'm like, I told him, I just want to see the artwork that created all. I just want to know where all these ideas came from, you know. Um, so that was awesome. So that's my favorite, you know. And I uh, honestly, I think the fact that Del Toro got the Oscar for Shape of Water was literally just like an accumulation saying, yeah, all right. This, this is really this is really good. You know, you really you really should have an Oscar for best director, best writer. Whether this is the movie or not, and I think they've done that with a lot of people, like Scorsese, and you know, uh, you know, a lot of actor or a lot of directors, writers who have not gotten the the recognition where they just say it's time, it's time to just recognize that the body of work or who they are is filmmaking, and I think that's uh, that's what I love about Del Toro. He's a consummate artist who's a filmmaker, and has done his you know done his films that are. And done them right. I want Frankenstein. I want Frankenstein too. <laughs> I I just I I weep when I I watched I weep when I know that project's not going through. I really was looking forward to that. I really was. I just of all the so- all the characters the uh, with pathos, 
yeah, who he who he could bring to light, yeah, in a way that would be just just beautiful, yeah, yeah Frankenstein, and and also the. You know the hubris of Doctor Frankenstein in a way that would be more than just what we see in the, you know, the Universal films. Right. You know, like now I know what it feels like to be God. I mean, I love those films. Don't get me wrong, but I think he could really bring yeah. a more true representation of Shelley's novel in a way that, well, the, I think the miniseries did too. There was a great miniseries that came out uh, at the same time as the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein one. Mm-hmm. Forget who was the front, who were the, but it was a miniseries and it was really accurate to the book. But again, that one allowed because the monster spoke and you really got to know the monster and why he was doing. It. And that's where the pathos comes from. That's where they connected to the audience. That he just wants to seek out his creator. Why did you do this? You know, he's just you know. It, there's a a lot of sympathy you can generate for the monster. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, never say never. He, who knows? He might come back to him. Somebody give him the money. <laughs> but still. Wait a minute. We let can, me reach you know, my Bitcoin wallet. <laughs> Mr. Del Toro, if you're listening, please know that you're welcome to come on the show. We would love anytime, to have you. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, well, yeah. Just want to swing by and say hi? Hey. Have you great. guys watched Penny Dreadful, the series? I think it's on Netflix right now. It was originally on Showtime. Okay. You should really watch it. It's excellent. Uh, and the tie-in to Kronos is that there's a, they say something in one of the episodes that says, do you know what they call the inner workings of a pocket watch? They are called complications, which is true. That's good. There you have it, I guess. I guess. Any any last words from any of the inmates here? Come on, no last words. Good, we've we we've tapped out. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. And you have been listening to. Hey. Spade. Radio. 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 Unseen Radio at dot com, as Dr. Tar would say. Gmail.com. At gmail.com. He would not say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know where we oh, are. Unsaneradio.com if you want to you know get the full experience. You can find us on a bunch of different feeds. Uh, you know, we're all over the place. Right in your face. Feed her. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are just burning up the track we are even on facebooks oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah dr tar professor feather oh yeah oh yeah come and see them at tar and feathers.com oh yeah oh yeah they, they've got a lot of good movies a lot of good episodes you know that they feature cyclops movies movies 
They do. They've got one coming up here real soon. Beep, 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 beep. It's going to be on, on the Vortex. It's going to be on the Vortex. Oh, yes, you got to come and see it. you got to come and see it. Oh, wait a minute. It's probably already over by the time you hear this. Never mind. Hey, lady. <laughs> Mark Justice Rocker at Facebook. And the Happy Mouth of Horror on the Facebook. Listen, you are upsetting the hounds. The hounds, they are angry. They are angry because it's not Wednesday, and Wednesdays mean new wee freaks. W-E-E-F-R-E-E-K-Z on Facebook. Check it out. Down, Simba. Down. Down. See, she listens. Ah. I got a pan labyrinth in my mind. <laughs> it's going on. Is it pen's labyrinth? I have a bed pan's labyrinth in my head. That's a given. A muffin pan's labyrinth? Do I have a brownie?